With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. Continuing with our World Cup Digest covering latest matches and news, today we'll be talking about the match uh, played at Trentbridge between Australia and West Indies. This was match number 10. Uh, let me welcome my co-host Ajit. Hello Ajit. Hi Giri. Uh, well, yesterday's was also a very interesting match. I think uh, it was much closer towards the end. And uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, if we were to take a quick look at the statistical highlights and then also the score, the West Indies won the toss and elected to field first, right? So they started very brightly in as much that mm-hmm. uh, they were able to take uh, Australian openers out very quickly. So Warner was dismissed for uh, just three by Cottrell and then Finch was taken out by Thomas, right? Thomas the tank, as they call him nowadays. Then Khwaja also could not last long as he was troubled by Russell, uh, Russell's pace and uh, he was dismissed, caught behind. This brought uh, Smith and Glenn Maxwell together. So, so Smith played an anchoring sort of a role and Glenn Maxwell was also dismissed of the very second ball. I think he went for a pull of a very fastest ball and hit it up in the air and the keeper took it. So Stoinis then joined Smith and Smith had dropped anchor. First of all, Stoinis uh, took a bit of time out of the game. Uh, they both looked very positive and they looked to hit the bad balls for boundaries while blocking all the good ones out. Mm-hmm. Australia never got off to a really positive start. And at this stage, when they lost Stoinis, for 19, they were 5 for 79 in the 17th over. And this looked like to be a shortened game, like the previous game for West Indies. Mm-hmm. But Alex Carey came in and he mixed uh, caution with aggression beautifully uh, and scored 45 very valuable runs. And Smith was very steady on the other end. This brought in Coulter Nile. So Coulter Nile played probably the innings of his life so far by making 92 of just 60 balls. And in company of Smith, uh, took the scoring rate all the way up into 5 and over. 
and took the score to 249 already before the 45th over. Right at this stage, Smith was dismissed. He played a fantastic, uh, you know, restrained hand, scoring 73 of just 103. Mm-hmm. And the tail kept Nathan Colton Isle company, who took the score to 288, and Australia were dismissed with an over to spare. So if you were to look at it from West Indies' perspective, the bowling was all a bit costly towards the end. So Ocean Thomas mm-hmm. was two for 63, and Sheldon Cottrell was two for 56. Andrew Russell was 2 for 41. Uh, Carlos Brathwaite was 3 for 67. Holder was uh, 1 for 28. And Nurse was uh, no wicket for 31. So effectively, West Indians can feel like uh, they let Australia off the hook, having reduced them to 5 for 79. Australia showed their customary, you know, uh, strong resolve to drag themselves to 288. But at 288, they were suddenly now favorites. Because this was played in Nottingham and there was a bit of bounce on the pitch, right? So they also have really good bowlers in the form of Pat Cummins and Mitchell Stark. So it was expected to be a tough contest for the West Indies. And it started out that way when Evan Lewis was dismissed for just one. And then Gail and uh, Shai Hope took the score forward all the way to 31 when Gail was dismissed for a quick fire 21. There is a bit of controversy about it, but that's a thing I think we can discuss shortly. And then Puran and Hope put together a steady partnership and took the score all the way to 99 before Puran was dismissed off the spin of Zampa. And while Shai Hope held one end, uh, Holder came in and uh, he was reprieved very early on with a you know a referral. But he played very steadily and him and Shai Hope took the score all the way to uh, 190. But before that, well, uh, Shimran Hetmeyer had a small cameo of 21 as well, which didn't amount to much. But uh, the turning point of the game as far as West Indians were concerned uh, came when Shai Hope was dismissed in the last ball of the 35th over with a score on 190. This meant, you know, they were still comfortable when it came to the run rate. It was not very difficult if you think that there's Andrew Russell and Carlos Brathwaite coming into play. But then Stark had uh, slightly other ideas. So Andrew Russell was never given the sort of uh, freedom he bats with. And even though he hit a couple of boundaries and a six, he just made 15. And Brathwaite made 16. And Brathwaite sort of tried to hang on till the end. But Holder was dismissed in the 45th over. This was also very crucial. After this, the West Indian tail sort of subsided. Carlos Brathwaite and Nurse making some small hits, but you know they couldn't take West Indians across the line. So the main contribution from the bowling was Stark, who, as I said, took out the lower order of the West Indians, the hitters out. He took 5 for 46, right? Pat Cummins supported him excellently with 2 for 41. Nathan Coulton Nile did not have much to write home about, but uh, the spinners, Zampa and Glenn Maxwell also did okay. Zampa took 1 for 58 and the crucial wicket of Nicholas Puran. And Marcus Tonis, who sort of these days closes out the innings with the ball, took uh, no wickets for 18 or four overs, right? So this basically meant uh, with uh, mm-hmm. you know with the innings that he played and uh, uh, relatively sedate bowling contributions, Nathan Colton Nile finished as the man of the match. Mm-hmm. So we got to talk about the yeah. elephant in the room first. Uh-huh. Chris Gale's dismissal. Okay. Yeah, um, so Chris Gale was dismissed. I think it was in a leg before wicket dismissal. Mm. But the controversy surrounding this incident was actually uh, was actually caused by the delivery which was bowled previously. And mm. Apparently, that was a no ball. It was a line no ball, right. which was missed by the on-field umpire. And subsequently, if that had been a no ball, this ball would have been a free hit, and uh, you know that Chris Gale wouldn't have been dismissed apart from a run out. So the referral, the DRS referral only looks at the current delivery. He doesn't look at the delivery which was bowled before. So I think that probably may have cost West Indies, but I'm not entirely sure. I think 
West Indies had their chances earlier in the field as well when Australia exactly. were batting. Yeah. Sheldon Cottrell misjudged a catch at a fine leg of Steve Smith when Steve Smith, I think, was still in his 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, so he made a meal of it. He misjudged the trajectory and then I think it went for four in the end. Mm-hmm. And then probably a more important moment in the game came when... Uh, uh, Nathan Coulton and I was batting with Steven Smith uh, mm-hmm. and uh, he pulled the ball straight down the throat of deep mid-wicket uh, where Shimron Hetmeyer was fielding and Nathan Coulton and I was still I think in the 20s or 30s he hadn't started accelerating uh, as much as he did towards the end and uh, Hetmeyer dropped this catch it was a straightforward chance and you are right. expected to you know hold on to those at international level um, so these two incidents I think have probably uh, you know bigger um, have, or had a bigger impact on uh, the outcome of the match uh, mm-hmm. I would say uh, and alongside that I think West Indies did bat well um, at the top of the innings I think Chris Kale and uh, all these guys they, they have good batting lineup but I'm not entirely sure if they you know they can bat long enough to finish a match you know they, mm-hmm. they don't try to bat deep for example, I think Shay Hope was the only guy who was trying to, you know, anchor one end and then keep going. All the other people around him, apart from Jason Holder, were just hitters like, uh, you know, uh, Andre Russell or even uh, Brathwaite, Carlos Brathwaite. Mm-hmm. These guys are hitters. These people are more suitable uh, or their way of playing is more suitable when it comes to 20 over cricket, T20s. Right. Or when they're batting in the last five or 10 overs. They, they can't bat for 20 overs. You need mm, people, mm. at least two or three people who can bat through the innings, you know, about 20, 25 overs, just right. like what Stephen Smith did. And Stephen Smith, you have to stand up and applaud his performance. He was looking very scratchy. He was not, you know, he was not looking so good on the eye, but like he always does, he was very effective. He just parked himself at one end and he refused to move, especially the way he handled uh, those short pitch deliveries, the barrage of short pitch deliveries earlier in the innings. He didn't attack any short pitch delivery. He was just playing behind the line of the ball, you know, watching the ball right under his eyes and uh, smothering uh, any kind of movement there was on the pitch. So he, he played really well, uh, Stephen Smith, and uh, I think Australia are looking so much different now compared to the mm. one which visited India and which toured uh, uh, the Emirates uh, earlier this year. Indeed. Well, I mean, look, uh, the umpire was Chris Gaffney. Mm-hmm. But, well, apart from him making that gaff, yeah. but uh, outside of that, you know, um, Look, Chris Gale played the shot thinking it was a legitimate delivery. So, he has only himself to blame because he got out of a legitimate delivery, correct? What happened on the previous ball happened on the previous ball. The umpire did not spot it. Well, that was a mistake. But, you know, in cricket, the amount of uh, memory is only one ball, right? Mm. So, it's gone and it can't be revisited. So, that's how we play the game. And that's it, right? Yeah. And, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think they let the foot off the gas pedal a little bit, the West Indians, during their fielding innings. I think, uh, uh, well, first of all, even Carey and uh, Steven Smith were given a few more, few too many boundary balls. That's what mm. I felt. Mm. And I think neither Coulter and Nile played out of his skin. You know, no disrespect meant to him. But I think they may have bowled a bit of too many hitable hits at him. Mm. Both uh, O'Shane Thomas and uh, even um, Dreyras in a couple of balls. I think he got hit because there were some hitable hits there. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's something they must really go back to the drawing board with. What happens when a batsman comes after you? Because that's expected to happen from over 42 onwards, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. And okay. one one additional point: mm-hmm. uh, West Indies bowling attack is also a bit one-dimensional. If you look at it, I think the the yeah. people uh, who are bowling, all these guys are fast bowlers or fast medium bowlers, mm-hmm. and they had a spinner in Ashley Nurse 
who was not brought on uh, until about 30th over or so i think he was brought on very late and uh, jason holder kept persisting with guys like carlos brathwaite sheldon cottrell came out for a second spell holder himself bowled again but you know ashley nurse wasn't looked at until quite later so um, a bit of you know a, a bit of variety would have helped them you know especially mm-hmm. against nathan coulton island and by then uh, by the time they tried to attack him he was settled and he was already swinging his bat i think it was probably too late by then but yeah i think he should use he should have used the services of ashley nurse a bit uh, you know earlier in the innings i would have i would have thought because you you looked at uh, south africa what they did they started with uh, imran tahir on two occasions already I, as far as i can remember indeed um so he might want to think about that along with his uh, team management indeed no that's a reasonable point as well uh, but look whom do they have in the squad i think they have fabian allen uh, who's been picked as a left arm variety spin mm-hmm. for me both ashley nurse and fabian allen are sort of like uh, pardon the expression bit piece cricketers because they're not truly really good in their main uh, skill set so Uh, mm-hmm. Ashley Nurse is a good off spinner, no doubt, and he's been a steady part of this uh, West Indian lineup for a while already. But mm-hmm. he's not a truly a spinner in the sense of somebody who drifts the ball and gets the batsman out through his guile and loop and length and stuff. Same with Fabian Allen. What I saw, he's a bit of a fastish left arm orthodox spin, and okay. they both can bat a bit. So that that sort of uh, probably weighs in their favor. But, right somebody but, like bishu who's a bit slow mm-hmm. yeah. through the air but he's more suited to test matches because he didn't really distinguish himself at all to be frank yeah. bishu yeah right yeah but if you look at glen maxwell he bowled six overs for 31 runs mm-hmm. australia is, uh, does not hesitate in bringing these two guys they typically maxwell and zampa bowl a few overs in tandem something to ponder for west indies let's see if going forward maybe uh both carlos brathwaite and jason holder might not be really required in this uh, lineup or they may choose to maybe give uh, somebody like uh, yeah it's a bit tough to ask but maybe ocean thomas be given a game off but let's see and then they can bring in two spinners in fabian allen and uh, you know ashley nurse but then there's another guy in this lineup right there's this universe boss chris gale who can bowl a few hours for you yeah he but is he fit enough is he fit enough he has a bad back right i think he can always bowl uh, you know four overs mm. so to say mm. Mm. give you a bit of a break so that one of your main bowlers can have or two of your main bowlers can have two two overs less right yeah four four overs but let's not forget he's a very uh, experienced international cricketer and he's played around the world so i think four overs can be expected of him i don't think he's that unfit that he can't bowl a couple of overs so that you they might want to look to use in the middle overs right so to introduce some sort of a variety uh, yeah. going further if you were to look at you know tomorrow's match so the match tomorrow is a very crucial one it's going to be played at bristol it's going to be played between sri lanka and pakistan so based on the previous performances uh, i would clearly say pakistan are the favorites but uh, you know rain may play a bit of a spoil sport giri yeah they are expecting rain uh, rain here uh, at bristol so i'm not sure uh, what will happen if it's a curtailed game then uh, sri lanka might also have you know a chance because they have right. good t20 players right mm-hmm. so well i mean with this pakistan team uh, which we are hoping is on the up I think uh, none of those will just remain as statistics. I'm really hoping, you know. No, but Sir Fraz said in one of his press conferences that they like to be unpredictable. You know, he has wholeheartedly admitted that they are very unpredictable and they like being called unpredictable. Well, I think that was in the uh, that was before the World Cup. If you look at the timing, well, they have it, always been unpredictable, right? So yes, yes. So there is some truth to that. Going forward, I think uh, one way or the other, 
whichever team wins this game will take a lot of confidence because uh, both the teams are sort of coming back after one loss and one victory and sri lanka look a bit more undercooked if anything but they might raise their game and this might be the game what uh, happened with uh, mm-hmm. pakistan previously right? okay all right uh, now if you were to look at some of the scores uh, from around the other matches going on in world cricket so there is a icc women's championship match between england and uh, west indies women going on at leicester also in the uk so uh, the england women's team won this game between the two teams by 208 runs it was a massive victory so you know uh, they batted first and they had steady contributions from their openers and the middle order were heather knight the skipper went 94 and the opener jones went 91 tammy beaumont made 32 and uh, siver made 32 as well so they had a huge score that they had on the board and uh, even though matthews the west indian bowler took a 44 it was not enough so to say because again when it came their turn to bat only nation made an unbeaten 42 and nobody made a big score and they were 110 all out giving england a massive massive win mm-hmm. right okay all right now if you were to look at the news surrounding the world cup and other news from outside of the field of play right uh, we hear a couple of interesting you know discussions going on first of all is well there is this concussion substitute discussion right so we know that whenever a batsman is hit on the head these days the concussion the detection is left to the physio attending to the batsman and the batsman does not get to say whether he gets to stay on the field or not he or she right they have to go off based on the physio's inputs so if this were to happen the batsman can be considered ruled out of the game because they have suffered a concussion right mm-hmm. so the discussion is um, just like they had tried a while back would it make sense to have a concussion substitute previously they had tried a super sub but would yeah. it make sense to have a concussion substitute giri i'm not sure of this i'm not sure if it's uh, uh, going to work in the long run because i think the super sub was tried it was i think a bit of a failure the team winning the toss would always you know the team bowling first would always have an advantage with a super right. sub that's for how i understood it back then mm. so i'm i'm not sure of how this will play out uh, having a substitute for a concussion injury you know because a batsman uh, who is retired hurt through concussion or whatever so right. it's still under discussion right i don't know if they're going to trial it somewhere uh, no i think uh, the icc technical committee needs to take a call on this mm-hmm. and based on that they might trial it as you say before the beginning of the season maybe next year usually the icc main meeting happens just before october and most of their uh, rules that they sort of pass for play will come into being from 1st of october mm-hmm. this 1st of october looks a bit too short a time for that unless there has already been a lot of work going on in the background and i haven't heard of concussions sub really being trialed anywhere but let's keep our eyes uh, and ears open you know something might already be going on and uh, let's see how this uh, story shapes up let's uh, indeed wait for it all right the next interesting discussion this was sort of expected uh, much like what happened with pakistan when there was a huge backlash back home i think uh, the south african fans are very very unhappy and there has been a lot of clamor for abwers to come back into the world cup squad right because you can see that their middle order is clearly misfiring right mm. then comes out the story which is a bit unsavory because it looks like abwers had expressed a wish to come play or he wanted to play let me put it like this but then it was not right to pick him the selectors and the captain and the management felt because he was not a part of the setup for more than a year he had retired in may 2018 that's a whole year before the world cup and those that were performing in that time people like rasif underdusen and all of these people right heinrich klassen it would it would not be right on them was what the management felt mm. and i think linda zondi the convener of selectors from south africa also requested ab to make himself available for some of the home series and also maybe some domestic cricket in south africa 
and he didn't do that. He instead went to play uh, T20 tournaments, is what she said. As a result, he could not be considered because they have a rule for themselves. Uh, the player who want to be considered for a South Africa selection must have played some South Africa domestic or international cricket in the previous one year. He did not satisfy that criteria either. As a result, he was left out. And, well, this has started a controversial discussion, Giri. Yeah, it has been. I think uh, it's been making some rounds on Twitter as well. Uh, AB himself has been his uh, diplomatic self and he has, you know, uh, tried to walk away from all this controversy, right? He has said he's fully behind the current team and all that. Uh, but, you know, if if you want to look at the results uh, and uh, the current uh, state or current form the, the team is in right now, they could use some help from AB, I would say. <laughs> well, I mean, it feels like that, but my my personal opinion is, well, he retired. Mm. And there are always SOSs sent to players mm. when the time is ready and so on. Yeah. But I would say if such is the case, uh, the team should move on. You know, there was always this discussion also with Sri Lanka when uh, greats like Sangakkara, Jaivardhana and even to an mm-hmm. extent Dilshan retired. So uh, the team always suffers a bit when, you know, long-standing and very successful batters or bowlers retire. Even Australia went through a small mm-hmm. blip when Warren and McGrath walked away, right? Yeah. Yeah. When such a large number of runs and experience goes away from the team, you do feel a bit of an issue, right? Mm-hmm. As a result... Why not um, move on, build and empower the team that is currently performing and mm-hmm. see how the issues that are cropping up are f- fixed internally rather than from, you know, uh, it, this is almost a deus ex machina for me where somehow mm-hmm. everything gets fixed automatically, sort of a solution, right? Mm. But uh, let's see. I mean, it would be nice to see him back, but he chose to walk away. He decided he was running out of gas and he decided to make a different call on his career. Maybe he just needed a sabbatical. He should have announced a sabbatical and then, you know, taken a break from the game, maybe six to nine months and then drafted himself back into the squad. Then I think the door would have been left ajar for him. Right now, I think it's uh, closed. So there's no way he can make uh, way back into the team, I think. So, yeah, they have turned the page. I think that's it. Okay. You know, it it makes sense uh, that uh, they have to move on. That's my personal opinion Mm. as well. So the next uh, topic that we can quickly discuss is that Mohammad Shahzad, the mm-hmm. uh, Afghani uh, keeper, who's very mm-hmm. you know bombastic and who's very important for them right up the top of the order and also in the field, has been ruled out of the tournament because uh, of a long-standing knee injury. So as a result, uh, Ikram Ali Khil, the test match keeper, right, has been drafted in as a replacement and we have understood that he has been approved. This morning he has been approved by the ICC Technical Committee. Therefore, he can be flown in and he can take uh, Shahzad's place. What do you think is the impact on the Afghani team? I think it's a huge shame. It's a huge shame because I think he's an impact player at the top of the order. Mm. Uh, and if he, uh, on a good day, on his day especially, he can uh, score a lot of quick runs. Remember that century scored against India. Right. Uh, right. So he can make a huge impact. So it's it's unfortunate to see him go, but uh, it is what it is, right? So let's mm. hope Ikram Ali uh, kill... Uh, uh, you know, uh, makes for a good replacement and uh, does a good job for their team. Right. So as a result, I would say, well, I think they they are going to be a bit hamstrung right at the top of the order. Well, Hazratullah Zazai is also a bombastic and a big hitting opener, but mm. it's not the same as having a more experienced Shahzad, mm. you know. And also in the field, I think uh, the spinners are much used to somebody like Shahzad who can also give them useful tips with lengths and lines because he keeps shouting tips and he also keeps the, uh, let's say, the spirit of the team very high from behind the uh, 
uh, stumps. So they will miss on that. Yeah, he's quite a character as well, right? So of course, of course, yeah. this is very important. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So those were all the important topics. So moving on, let's look at the trivia question from the previous episode. So the trivia question from the previous episode was that, uh, well, Chahal had picked up four wickets in the match against South Africa, uh, India's match against South Africa on the 5th of June. So the question was, who is the only Indian spinner with a five-wicket haul in the World Cup match? Right. So the answer to this question has been given to us by our regular listener and supporter, Yogesh who's provided a very interesting sort of an answer. Not only has he provided the right answer, so the right answer is Yuvraj Singh, who took 5 for 31. This was his career best as well. And uh, this was the fifth five-wicket haul by an Indian bowler. So previously in World Cups, Ashish Nehra, Venkatesh Prasad, Kapil Dev, and uh, Robin Singh had taken five-wicket hauls. And also he became the first player to score a 50 and take a five-wicket haul in a World Cup match, right? So there have been 17 instances like this and, well, not surprisingly, Shahid Afridi has done it three times and Krish Shrikant and Ganguly have done it for India. So as a result, uh, we get all these very useful tips, useful history, as well as the right answer from Yogesh. So we always like to say thanks and uh, hope you continue listening and keep writing in with the answers. Right. So the trivia question for this episode is, what is the highest score by a batsman batting at number eight? in World Cup matches. So you can get in touch with us with the right answer or your thoughts and your feedback on uh, social media. We are on Twitter at armchecrickpod through our Facebook page or write into us at armche.cricket at gmail.com. You could leave comments on the corresponding episode in whichever uh, podcast uh, app you use, maybe iTunes uh, or, you know, Podbean or any other app like uh, CastBox, etc. Right. So we would be very happy to read your comments, also the answers to your uh, answers to the question and so on. So we also hope, you know, whenever you have a chat with your friends about cricket, you talk about our podcast so that uh, we get more ideas and we get more encouragement. Of course, with the weekend full of matches coming up, there are there's going to be plenty for us to discuss in the upcoming episodes. So I hope you do keep uh, listening and stay tuned in. Having said all that, it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from him. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast.